Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Welcome to Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. The 2021 meeting is concluded. And Joe Withy and Vince Prune here to talk about the meeting and a few other things. Mostly horse racing on Horse Racing Northwest. Vince, uh, the lid lifter happened back in May and the getaway day on this past Sunday, September 26th. And... Uh, Hey, pretty memorable meeting, all in all. 49 days in the books. We'll go over all the division winners today on the podcast. Yeah, always kind of a little bit of mixed emotions closing day. Kind of, It's kind of a grind by the end of the year, but it's also sad to see racing end for another year. Yeah, and uh, Tom Wenzel is going to join us on the podcast today. Tom had a victory. On closing day, we had three stakes races, the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, the Washington Cup Philly and Mare, and here is the stretch of the Gottstein Futurity. And they head for home in the Gottstein. Midnight Mojo at the inside. Diamond Willow continues to try to shake him off, but it's Midnight Mojo. Midnight Mojo in the final 16th, just in front. Diamond Willow on the outside fights bravely, but it's Midnight Mojo to win the Gottstein. Midnight Mojo took the Gottstein this year. Owner George Tadaro, trainer Tom Wenzel, jockey Eddie Martinez, Bob Capaletti, of course, the stable manager for Dr. George Tadaro. And a great way for that team to go out as Midnight Mojo, one of seven maidens in the race coming in, is now a stakes winner. And that was the Gottstein. Tom will be talking about that and much more in our next segment. Uh, Chris Densley and Sharon Ross retired and both had their final starters last Sunday, Vince. Yep, Chris Densley. They both finished third in their final mm-hmm. starts. Spitting image, a good third in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic. What a flirt. Made a big move into the lane. Finished third in race 10. Yeah. 
So a good way for both those trainers to go out. They are going to be missed. Yeah. And by the way, uh, if you want to see videos on Chris Densley, Sharon Ross, and so much more from the 2021 season, Emerald Downs history, go to YouTube, type in Emerald Downs, and we've just got all kinds of great content there uh, from our 25-year anniversary videos, which we played all season long. They're all on there. There's long stories on Junior Coffee, Trooper 7, Washington Hall of Fame stories. So Emerald Downs, type in that when you get to YouTube, and you can watch a whole lot of content, including Sharon Ross, Chris Stensley from our closing weekend. Of course, Sharon joined us on the podcast last week. It's great to have them in, and uh, let's hope they have uh, some happy times and we see them around the track a little bit as we have concluded this season. Uh, Emerald Downs is open for full card simulcasting Wednesday through Sunday. Keep that in mind. Lots and lots of big races the next couple weeks as we get ready for this year's Breeders' Cup at Del Mar in early November. I think the dates of that are the 5th and 6th, I want to say. That is correct. Okay. November 5th and 6th for the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar. Vince is heading down for sure. That is great. Um, So we're open for simulcasting. Wednesday through Sunday, and if you want to get uh, be able to wager from home or in your lap uh, seven days a week, 24-7, that is, go to uh, Naira Bets or First Bet and sign up there. You just need to fund your account with a credit card, and you can bet against that, and just great features on those apps as well for watching live racing at any track. So there is that. Uh, Vince, let's get back to... Uh, uh, season-ending honors and uh, weekly leaders from Emerald Downs, uh, events of the past week. Weekly honors for the final week, jockey Eddie Martinez. He had three wins, capped it with a big win, as we mentioned, in the uh, Gottstein Futurity. Some good shipping money for uh, mm. Eddie. Trainer Candy Kreiderman won three races, helping John Parker clinch his fourth owner title in the last six years. Owner Dr. George Todaro, that Gottstein win with Midnight Mojo. Washington Bread of the Week, Coastal Kid, three-year-old winning wow. the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic, Coast Guard out of Krem, bred by Ron and Nina Hagen. Let's quickly go down the 2021 season honors. Horse of the Meat and top three-year-old went to top executive, top Washington Bread, older horse and sprinter, Papa's Golden Boy, older filly or mare, Daffodil Sweet, three-year-old filly, Bayako's Image, two-year-old male, Cobra Jet, two-year-old filly, Quran, two Top claimer, float on, race of the meeting, Long Acres Mile, leading jockey. We talked about that. Alex Cruz edging Julian Couton, 75-74. Stakes wins, Kevin Roscoe with five. Leading trainers, first title, Joe Toy with 29. Leading stakes trainer, Kay Cooper with five. John Cooper, we, John Parker, excuse me, we mentioned with 19 wins. Uh, let's go with the leading horse by wins. There was six of them with four fellows back. Daffodil Sweet, Float On Judicial, Mean Sharon, Queen Breezy. Writing Achievement, Alex Cruz with that bareback win without the irons on Akazi. Top Training Achievement, Joe Toy. Leading Apprentice, McKenna Anderson with 12 wins. The Durkin Award, Robert Bean and Bonnie Jenny. Lindy Award, Alex Cruz. And the Jockey's Valley of the Year goes to Dan Brock. Leading Sire by wins. It was close this year. Harbor the Gold with 22. Really close, yeah. Abrage and Coast Guard right behind on that leading Sire of races one. Uh, and Alex Cruz won race number 10 on closing day 
aboard Shelby are in a really great battle. Cards and coffee, what a flirt, all in there at the end. But Cruz won it on Shelby R for trainer Candy Kreiderman, and that gave him his 75th win and the title at Emerald Downs. Uh, and that was a fun battle to watch all year. And, of course, Cruz, you mentioned top riding achievement, that uh, trip aboard Akasi without the irons just a couple weeks ago, and also the winning streak of 46 consecutive days over last year and this year. Alex Cruz has been a great addition to Emerald Downs. Two years here, two jockey titles for him. And uh, top executive, horse of the meeting, huh, Vince? Correct. Yeah, top executive, uh, son of street boss, three for three at the meet, swept the three-year-old Colton Gelding Stakes division. The horse he beat in the Muckleshoot Derby, Coastal Kid, came back to win uh, the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic against older horses. So top executive, three for three at the meet for trainer Blaine Wright is our horse of the meet. Uh, Blaine, with his second horse of the meet in three years, of course, any port in a storm in 2019. Yeah, and top executive, the leading earner at the meeting, just uh, over $82,000. Leading stakes jockey was Kevin Orozco. He had a great year coming up from California, winning five out of 11. And Kay Cooper was our leading stakes trainer, winning five out of 11 starters uh, as well. Um, Blaine Wright won four stakes. He is way out in front if you go just over the last five years, Vince. uh, on stakes wins and he had another pretty good season again this year so papa's golden boy you mentioned him as top sprinter uh top handicap horse and top washington bred uh he may be running at golden gate fairly soon according to uh gary lusk owner and uh, vince gibson of course is not down there with him he's in the barn of jack steiner in northern cal and i understand uh there's a race at Fresno possibly for mm. top executive $100,000 race their meet begins here I think in a couple weeks outstanding okay so yeah uh, 49 days of racing at Emerald Downs 417 races 21 stakes great battles among jockeys trainers and owners this year lots of outstanding entertainment Uh, We're looking forward to a similar length meeting next year, Um, maybe a little bit longer. There's plenty of time to decide that. uh, And again, Tom Wenzel will be joining us in our next segment. And does he have a few things to talk about or not, Uh, Vince? He has been a big part of this track's history with some of the clients he's had and, of course, the horses he's trained for. Tom, a bright guy and a good observer, always has interesting take on uh, racing in Washington on the national scene. Okay, so uh, we are about ready to take a short break and come back with said Tom Wenzel. You're listening to Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 
almost 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest, and as advertised, our guest on this week's podcast, Tom Wenzel, trainer. Tom, thanks so much for coming in and getting out of the rain today. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here, Joe. Great to have Tom. And uh, Vince, Tom, of course, as we already mentioned, won the Gottstein for the first time with Midnight Mojo this past Sunday. And Let's just start right there with that individual horse, Tom. Um, tell us the history of how he got into your barn. Well, he was a horse that uh, Bob uh, Capaletti bought back at Keeneland uh, last year from a guy named Bo Lane. And Bo is quite a uh, kind of a Kentucky hard boot. He's a real character. And we talked to him actually after we bought this horse. And he, uh, we bought this horse on, I think it was like book three, I believe. It was a, I believe it was a Sunday. It was the first day that uh, we we were back there, and so it's not easy to buy on those type of days, yeah. uh, because a lot of the big uh, the big money is there. Uh, but occasionally, some horses will kind of fall through the cracks, and for some reason, this horse did. Uh, and he was a good looking colt. Uh, Bob really liked him, and uh, and so. Anyway, we bought him for a pretty reasonable price. I think the number was right around 15 or so. And and that's kind of how we got him. And Bo told us that he was one of the best moving horses on his farm, mm. in their opinion. And, and he really is. He's a, he's a real good strided horse. He doesn't have a lot of natural speed, as you've seen in the races. But he was just really consistent in his gallops. I didn't have a hiccup with him all year. The only hiccup was running him in some of those short races where his, you know, not having speed gets kind of neutralized here with, with the with the track playing more towards speed horses. So we struggled a little bit in the first couple races with him. But anyway, that's how we got in the barn. We bought him at Keeneland yep. last year, and we've been doing that for a few years now. And Bob's really great at. Uh, you know, picking some young horses out for reasonable prices. Bob Capaletti, stable manager for George Todaro, the owner of Midnight Mojo. And as you mentioned, you know, we didn't have any races for two-year-olds past five and a half furlongs other than stakes leading up to the Gottstein. We had, you know, several six and a half furlong stakes, no six furlong races. So you were undoubtedly happy about the distance of the Godstein. Yeah, absolutely. We were kind of waiting all year kind of for this race, just hoping the horse stayed healthy through the process and was lucky to give him, uh, you know, some experience in the maiden races. And it took him till about his third start to get going. Uh, we did put blinkers on him for that start just to try to get him a little more focused. It wasn't that he absolutely needed him in the morning or anything. Uh, but sometimes you think about trying stuff when a horse isn't really showing a little more determination. And, and that seemed to help him quite a bit uh, as far as a little bit of his late kick. And in the last two races, the I think he stumbled a little bit, his second jump out of the gate and his 
the maiden special right, right before the Godstein. Otherwise, we might have been right on top of him going at five and a half that day because mm-hmm. uh, he was closing good and galloped out strong. But we were all looking forward to the Godstein just because we knew this horse would probably stay the distance more than likely the way his stride was pedigree-wise, his size. And luckily, knock on wood, he was just one of those two-year-olds that was lucky that just you know, didn't go through shins or any real physical problems the whole way. And that's unusual, believe me. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, what a big race. Uh, the distance, mile and a 16th, uh, fit him real nicely compared to his field. So first Gottstein win for Tom as a trainer after uh, finally got a Bentley. Seattle Sniper having a wild time. Harvard Avenue all ran second. Frolic and Detour in 2018, uh, he could have been right there, but had uh, some severe traffic trouble and uh, clipped heels, lost his rider. So congratulations there, George Todaro, uh, Washington Hall of Fame and national scene. Everybody knows Dr. George Todaro in horse racing and, of course, medical breakthroughs as a young man and all that service to uh, people worldwide in medicine, and it, it's got to be satisfying to win for him. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when and we, like you said, we probably should have got one a few years ago when our horse looked like he was gonna come up the rail and, and run well that day. So, but to have George and Jane out for this race was was special uh, uh, for them, and hopefully for for uh, you know me and Bob as well. So, yeah. uh, it was great. Yeah, George Todaro in the Hall of Fame. Tom also, of course, has had some uh, other very prominent uh, owner clients, uh, Jerry Paxton, Ron Crockett, Dave Herensberger. Uh, we're talking Hall of Fame here. And uh, uh, George, I think, through Bob, uh, you pretty much deal through him mostly. George, at, at his peak, has had so many horses that, uh, you know, in his other endeavors and family and uh, he lets Bob pretty much uh, manage the the runners that you train. He he does, yeah. And, and Bob's in contact with him every week, and and they talk about things. But yeah, he's he's kind of hands off on us most of the time when we uh, we steer the ship. And and Bob's great to work with. I've no, known Bob a lot of years. I think he started working for George about seventeen years ago, and and George has had multiple horses, you know, throughout the country mm. with Jerry Hollandover and other trainers. Yeah. So there's a lot to manage there. And yeah, Bob's great to work with because he knows the business. Um, he, he knows horses and he, uh, is also a very good friend of mine. So it, uh, it's great to be able to win for, win, win for Bob as well as the Tadaros and something like this because yeah. they really deserve it. That's great. No kidding. Um, yeah, Bob uh, putting in the work, helping to pick out the horses, and and this one's uh, yours, your operation and his all the way through. Um, and of course, uh, Vince Tom has some great stats as a stakes trainer and uh, training for Jerry Paxton for so many years. Uh, Jerry unfortunately passed away in 2015, but. Uh, what is it? Every Thursday he came out and watched training and drove around in the golf cart with you. Yeah, he did for mo- most every Thursday, unless just something was going on. And so that was always kind of a fun day. And they would go to the simulcast after that. But we would, uh, you know, trade most of the horses, work a few that day when he came out if it if it fit the schedule. But Jerry was another guy that was really. You know, we discuss where to run him, but as far as the training regime and all that, he'd leave it up, leave it up to us. Uh, he made my job very easy because he always sent me outstanding horses. 
especially pedigree wise. And they weren't all runners, but you know, we always found a few of them that absolutely were. And in the other ones, he was more than willing to run those at reasonable prices. So we got the got the fortunate of getting the job done most of the time with those horses. And for me, that was a lot of fun because it put a lot of wins in the column mm. and, and wins kind of keep the barn going and and make everybody uh, feel good down there most of the time. So I don't think when I trained for Jerry, shoot, there was hardly a week we didn't have a win. Uh, there was never any droughts uh, when he was in the barn. So I miss Jerry a lot. He was really yeah. good to me and was just great for the industry and, and the – the whole front side as well. I knew when Jerry passed, uh, he supported a lot of people uh, in this racing industry way beyond me. So he was very well missed. Well, he spent so much time in Kentucky. You know, I think he had 40 horses at, at, at that farm in Kentucky when he did pass, uh, when you count the broodmares and the young ones and uh, everybody. Uh, but uh, he... Bred to all the greatest stallions. He buys shares, and I mean, I know he got a great deal getting in early on Tappet. And he bred to, I mean, you look at the program at Emerald Downs. I I, I heard Mike Puich one day say in the paddock, geez, I picked up the program. I thought, well, I was looking at a Saratoga race here. And, of course, a couple of them were Jerry's and then the rest and a maiden special weight. So, yeah, he, he stocked you up with some pretty good ones. He sure did. I remember the one year uh Stop shopping, Debbie, going to the window and blue, very smoothly. We're all two year olds. And Mike had one filly that could run a little bit. And every time, uh, I believe going to the window, broker maiden first, and Mike was in there, and I believe he ran second. Um, and then I ran Blueberry Smoothie in the next maiden special, and Mike, Mike was in there, and he ran second. And he asked me after that race, you know, what. You know, what has a guy yeah. got to do to win a race right here? Then I think the third time I had Debbie in, which was the best of the three, yeah. and he was in there as well. So it was just one of those years where those three horses were all had a fair amount of talent, and we were, you know, lucky to have all three. And you talk about breeding. I mean, we have Curlin, Giants, Causeway, and Tappet yeah. all in my barn at Emerald Downs. <laughs> I mean, how lucky am I? Yeah. And stop shopping Debbie, of course, one or – all nine of her starts at this track, eight consecutive stakes. Her and uh, Stryker PhD have that record of eight consecutive stakes wins. And did you uh, have an idea uh, before they all ran that she might just be a touch uh, better, which she was, not by a whole lot, but she was. Yeah, Debbie was one of these uh, fillies that could kind of feel because she was kind of built like a quarter a quarter horse, a lot of body. She didn't have the straightest legs, and she could go out and – she was the kind of Mary you could work her and she could work slow for you if you wanted her to, especially out of company. Uh, but then if you asked her, she would go. So she was kind of push button all the time. And if you watch Rocco ride her through those years, you know, he could kind of settle her back, move her at different times. And she was just a really talented horse. One thing, I mean, it was great. You know, you win all the races here and was undefeated. The, I think I've told you guys the California trip for us oh, yeah. was a toughie because uh, we shipped her down there a little early. We were kind of deciding whether when we went down there to train her here and just ship her down there and run her right away or to send her down there a little early. And looking back on that, I probably would have just wished train her here and then send her, you know, a few days down there and run him. I think there's kind of a, a point in between. You want to either get him down there a month early or right on top of the race, not in between. And we went down in between. 
she got kind of a rough trip down there because there was some fire on we vander down there on the freeway and had to raid and when she got down there she got sick and this mare had never been sick in her life and she wasn't real sick but she was sick enough where we had to treat her with some antibiotics and different things and when i got down there you know i think a week or so before the race she didn't look bad but she seemed a little quiet and her hair was already starting to turn a little bit towards the winter hair and she just wasn't quite right and then she bled on me in the race it was 104 that day so she never really got a fair shot I felt in that race and this mare was a good this mare was a really good filly and I definitely thought she was at least a grade three filly uh beyond that you never know but I that was the one thing with Jerry that was the last time we run her I I we felt I felt bad about that because it just you know we didn't get a chance to go somewhere and show that mare's true colors yeah, we felt that, Vince. Uh, you know, you spent a lot of time watching Southern Cal, and, and we all knew that she was better than that, that, that she showed in that race at Southern Cal. Yeah, and I hate to have to try to make excuses for a horse. I did tell a couple friends down there that you didn't really see the real horse down there, and mm -hmm. I hate saying that because I don't like hearing excuses, but we know she was better than that effort she showed that day. That That's how I felt. And like I said, I, I there's a lot of things that didn't really add up that can happen sometimes and just go into a new place. But she she was she was definitely a much better filly than she showed that day. Yeah, and she could route and sprint, which is always great. And she showed uh, ability uh, to battle, which didn't happen very often. She didn't have to very often here, but when she did, she would get, come out on top there yeah. too. Yeah, she did have a little a little go to her. She gotten a little bit of a because there was a couple times going to the window who was probably had as as much natural talent as Debbie, but maybe wasn't quite as sharp and mentally as Debbie was. Uh, window had a lot of talent as well, uh, so and and Debbie had to you know had to work a little bit on a couple of those days yeah. when Window showed her best. Yeah, amazing statistics when those three ran together. Hardly anyone ever outran those three, and it was over three seasons, two, three, and four. He just Yeah, I think they won all the money they were eligible oh. for. I mean, in the top three spots. Yeah, yeah they ran one, two, three most days. Occasionally one of them, like Blueberry, might have run out of like a fourth one day and somebody once, somebody yeah. somebody nipped her, but not very often. <laughs> they all they all had, had a lot of a lot of try to them. And I always wondered sometimes if if maybe they just there wasn't that many i think what happened is this anybody who had one in there just didn't uh you know got you know it was probably discouraging i'm sure for for sure. other people a lot of fun for us of course yeah. but it was a tough go when you had all three of them running against you know uh, back uh, the to locals midnight mojo for a second um the only start that really doesn't make sense looking back is the start number 2 because in the debut, you face a view from above, and you, you ran on well to finish fourth. And the third career start, you mentioned you added blinkers, and it was much improved. But race two is where usually where I look for improvement, and Mojo kind of regressed that time. And any any, which made me a little hesitant going into the Gottstein on the horse. I love the progression otherwise. Yeah, I, I can't say. We were, you know, the, I think the second race was at five furlongs also, and... You know, we thought the first race was okay, but yeah, he was a little bit. And that, if my memory, it could have been just one of those tracks sometimes that maybe, uh, you know, it was just hard to make any move on. 
but you're right. His there was no second race improvement at all, and he he very well might have regressed a tad. And so that probably led us. Hey, we got to try something with him to kind of get him focused, and and that led us to let's let's get some blinkers on him and just see if see if we can get him going down the lane stronger than than he had in the first two races. Yeah, and you, yeah, I'm sorry. You showed uh, faith in Eddie Martinez, who's kind of yeah. had a rough meet, and you stick with him in a race. You know, you've got a pretty good shot in the biggest race of the meet for a two-year-old, and uh, he delivered. Yeah, I mean, I, one thing I'd say about this business, loyalty means a heck of a lot to me, and there's been a lot of clients that I've had through the years that have been very loyal to me, and if no matter what, I mean, you always find out the most about people when things aren't going very good in this business, including, uh, you know, whoever it is in this business, including clients and those type of people that, you know, will, will stay with you and, and, and trust in you. And, and I, I like rewarding that. And, and so I've got a lot of clients that have been a lot really loyal to me, even through some, some tough times. And Eddie's been, me and him have been, Friends have have clicked on a personal basis, and and so as long as as long as someone trusts me and you know we 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 do business together, I I I will give them every benefit of the doubt and sometimes even more. I told uh, Eddie Martinez he looked like Tyrone Power, and he looked at me. Well, you know, I don't know who that is. That was an actor from you know the 30s and 40s and maybe early 50s somewhere around there, but. Uh, Anyway, that was a great win for him, as Vince said, to end the season, and for you, and for Dr. Todaro. Of course, the Godstein, the second richest purse behind the mile yeah. for the winning horse. Um, speaking of loyalty, uh, Rocco Bowen returned for the first time to Emerald Downs since 2018, our leading rider 2016, 17, and 18. He won the mile. Uh, he, it was an emotional, you know, thrilling race, race of the meeting. Um, and I saw Rocco on uh, probably Saturday morning before the mile. And he was back there sitting in a golf cart talking with people. And he just, he mentioned your name right away. Oh, Tom's got me going. He was loyal to me. And, and you really did get him kind of going. I mean, he was doing okay. He was a good competitor. He was improving his riding. But uh, I remember Maker's Finale, if you want to point to one horse, uh, that helped getting Rocco's career going. It, it did. I uh, I had been noticing Rocco riding here because he was actually getting home um, a number of mid-price, longer-shot horses, a regular. And I just watched his style down the lane, and he's an aggressive rider, and can get one out of the gate well, and really, really, you know, kind of uh, as we call in the business, gen one around there, good. And so I had noticed that, and Galen Mitchell had been riding finale for me, and I rode Galen for a lot of years as well, and Galen was very good on a speed horse. Uh, and Galen gets hurt. And so the day Galen got hurt, um, I wasn't able to, uh, Rocco wasn't here, I believe, but um, had another rider ride the horse for me, but I was interested in having Rocco ride this horse because I thought he fit a speed horse like finale. Uh, as good as anybody around here, and I'm, you know, I was, and I'd seen enough of his riding, I wanted to give him a shot, and so he got on him in the next uh, uh, race, which was the Derby, mm -hmm. and we were uh, an Italian boy Italian, beat you in the previous race in a real close finish. Correct. Uh, 
Italian boy got the best of us in the race before that. And so I think we were inside of Italian boy in the Derby. And I just told him, hey, Rocco, let this horse rip. Don't worry about it. And, I mean, this horse can run fast and keep going. He likes his head in front. Um, and I said, I said, just go do your best. Try to get the jump on him. And and he did that, and he held him off. And then we kind of took off from there. And um, I could tell Rocco had talent. He's got a very athletic body. Um, need to be he, he he just needed to be seasoned a little bit on what to to do a lot of times and have confidence in himself. I think that was part of his early his career as he kind of had banged around, never quite caught on in a few spots, and and we just started talking. He started reading the form more and and doing that, and I got him interested in uh, the Brisnet, which is a little different product than the form. Uh, and I, I've used them as well. And, and from there, we just kind of started clicking and more horses and and the rest is kind of history for him. And he always kind of had the talent in him. He just needed to kind of get his act focused a little bit more. And I think confidence is a big thing in those riders. And Rocco was one of these kids I think was a little bit lost in different okay. racetracks and not just getting enough uh stabilizing force in his life to get some confidence and get going. And once he had it, he did it. And you see what he's doing back yeah. east. He's riding all over now and his health is finally back to par for him. And, and I'm really happy for him. And I wish I could have rode him on something when he was here yeah. a couple of days, but my barn's not quite as big as it used to be. And like I said, I've got loyalty to the guys that are actually here for the whole meet as well. And so I, I, uh, you know, and he understands that. Sure. Me and him are me and him are still good friends and and talk on a on a regular basis. And I wish him nothing but the best. Tom, yeah. uh, you mentioned your wife Melissa, and you have two young kids. You still got a growing family. Um, can't believe it's Lane eight now. Or uh, he's nine now. Nine now. Wow, it's hard to believe. Uh, anyway, what's the future hold for you? Are you gonna you are are you are you gung ho on Washington racing? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been here the the whole way. Like I said, I haven't went anywhere since oh two oh three, when I did uh, the try the Phoenix meet. And right now, with two kids, Lane is nine and Peyton's five, so I have two younger kids at home. So for me, uh, I wish I didn't have quite as much time off during the winter. But if you're here, but it's going to take an awful good horse to get me out of town with two kids at home during the winter time, the way I look at it. And, and sometimes you can go somewhere and all you do is kind of end up trading dollars and, and not, uh, you know, not really accomplishing quite as you accomplish things for your clients during the winter, but for yourself, you're away from your family and, and that is. And then, so, uh, you know, these kids are only young once. And so, and time goes so quick, you know, you blink your eye and they're already five years older for me. And, and so eventually I'll, I, I am going to try something during the winter time again. But like I said, with the kids being the ages they are, um, I'm making a move housewise this year and summer. Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot going on and I, uh, there's a lot of, of my clients that have wanted me to do a few things during the winter and I've, I've penciled a few of the plans out and when I pencil a few of them out, I, I, you know, about the financials, I do worry about trying to run two households and back and forth. And there's a number of these horses that need rest after a season. Mm -hmm. they, they really do. And I can tell you one thing after working seven days a week for seven, eight months, I love racing. 
everybody needs a little break yeah. somewhere along the line, no matter who you are. And I, I sometimes I don't know how some of these guys do it year round. I mean, they're just machines. Uh, some of these guys on the national level, and I still have a lot of energy, but I'm uh, I'm happy with what I do, and I always feel great uh, when I come back the year. A lot of optimism always at the beginning of the years, and um, as long as I got clients that are willing to turn a few out still, um, that's that's my plan right now. Once tell the kids maybe get a little bit older. One horse I think might be turned out is Sleuth Tiz Wiz, who ran a good third in the Derby, Muckleshoot Derby, and then came back and won a nice allowance race. I think his first out this year, 20 to 1 or something. That was a, a great story this year. Yeah, he was a high-priced horse. Uh, yeah, he is turned out up at the Craig's Farm. Uh, had a great year. I mean, he never – I don't think he ran a bad race all meet. And a couple of times against Olders, he went wide and couldn't quite catch, catch some of them. But once we got in the three-year-old division and – he was fantastic. He was a surprise, not a not a like a, a major surprise, but a, a real decent surprise. We we run him one time last year, and I didn't really have him prepared, but we just ran him to get him out, and he didn't look. I mean, you could read the form. His first race as a two year old last year was just a kind of a get to the the last and walking the walking forty three bucks right out this year. You know, his speed surprised me. He wants to be a closer a little bit anyway, but his speed in that na- that maiden race that day surprised us all. He had worked out of the gate good enough to compete going into that race, but his early speed surprised even me that day. And so, yeah, he was a big price, and I thought he would make a run at him that day. But the fact that he got out of the gate and showed solid fractions and 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 run him off their feet uh, – the the speed that he showed that day surprised me a lot. I think Joe picked him in the Derby, which is going a mile of sixteen. So he's another one that's shown some versatility. Yeah, he ran that and Der- he won a mile race too. Yeah, yeah, that Derby race was great. I mean, he was. he was the last one really closing on yeah. Coastal and uh, Top Executive, who I think are both, you know, for our local group of horses, really talented horses. Yeah. They can they can go elsewhere and win, no problem. And Slew was really making a, a big run down the lane that day. Didn't get a perfect trip that day. Either. No, he didn't, and he he surprised even me that lane run that day in the derby because i you know i knew he was a decent closer but he really laid down in that mm-hmm. race and in in you know a couple little bit longer he was right there i know yeah. so yeah, that's a real promising road well, then, i kind of we kind of expected him to be in the muckle shoot tribal classic but he picked the spot where he yeah he won we, and- we just thought with coastal in there and unmockable and some of these horses you know maybe we you know not that we didn't have a shot but uh because we did uh but we just thought, you know, we could run our ass sure. off again and run third or fourth in a race like that. And we just thought if this non-two, non-three comes up, we're going to be probably a favorite in that type of race and have a shot at making mm-hmm. two or three times the money it would be to run third or fourth. Yep. And so that was kind of our decision on that. Well, I'm glad to hear he's turned out, which means we'll probably see him here next year. And he could, you know, he improves just a little bit more. He could be one of the ones next year. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good horse. And obviously you can tell by watching his races, he's he's got a lot of try to him. He, got, he tries, And that's, that's the biggest part in race horses that, you and know, is, is the try part. That's one ownership that's been successful. I don't think we've mentioned yet the KD Thoroughbreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, and that's, that's going back to the Craigs. That's the Craig family, yeah. 
it was Carl and Darlene Thoroughbreds, and that's it was wife. And luckily for me, the the Craigs are generous enough to keep running horses, uh, even with Carl's yeah. passing, and that's just fantastic. I've really enjoyed that. And Slew was probably you know, absolutely one of my favorite horses in the barn this year, with with how much try he showed. Carl Craig, yeah, passing a few years ago. We certainly miss him. I know you do. He just uh, he just loved the game, didn't he? Carl was a almost an eternal optimist. Yeah. I mean, he even with all the things that can can slow you down in, in racing, he he would shake them off very quickly, uh, which means the the lows in the game, and and bounce right back. And he he was great. Uh, another guy that. Uh, was really really easy to train for uh, up here. We had a lot of good good memories with mm. Carl and Carl. You know, for the his limited mares and stock was just a heck of a breeder here in this state. This yeah. guy, in the last you know ten fifteen years, just did a phenomenal job um, with those mares and raising those horses. Isn't, isn't uh, at a uh, Cobra Jet? Isn't that horse trace the one of Carl's horses? It, I believe it, it was is. our top two year old here this year. Yeah, I never had the trying to remember Adagal that Val. Adagal Val. That filly was really. Um, she got broke. Adagal Val, we're talking about, got broke in Phoenix. Uh, by an outfit, so I was never around her that much. But she was really uh, hard to break. She gave him a lot of trouble, and eventually, I think she ended up having a physical issue. But she was, she was uh, uh, had a mind of her own, from what I heard. Um, and it looks like you know she get a little more uh, evenness into some of her foals. They they sure can run. The last race by Cobra here was a heck of a uh, stretch run. We're probably lucky yeah. he wasn't in the futurity. And I think Frank was probably thinking whether him was a little more sprinter-like. So he, he decided not to run him in there. But, you know, with his talent, he, he would have made the futurity even probably tougher to win for us. So He would have been a huge favorite. I think, I think he would have, number-wise, oh, yeah. for the, sure. The, the big question would have been the going, the stretching yeah. out just like all of them. Yeah, coming that, back in two weeks. And, yeah, and they would have had to supplement, which was another factor. Correct. So. And so that, that all kind of worked out for maybe uh, helping us a little bit, too. Uh, so... Uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, but yeah, Carl's Craig, legacy Craig, is, Craig Bread. is going yeah. on in the state. Yeah, and he had another one that uh, another one of our trainer friends back east ran a good second in a in a turf race. I think at Arlington that Rodina had. Yeah, uh, one of the makers uh, finales, and so yeah, they yeah, Roy they told me about that one. They had a they had a very good marriage, and they're still doing it on a more limited basis. The Craig family, but uh, God bless them, they're still in the business. Yeah. That's great. And uh, Tom also won the richest race in Washington State history. That's back, right. The back. 2007 mile. Yeah. And uh, that was, uh, things came together that year. Um, that was the year before Vince came. And I was telling him that, you know, this West Side Clyde at Craig Roberts was really, you know, doing really well early in the season. And Wasserman was closing into contention. But, uh, the great face really caught fire in the second half of the season that year, didn't he? He did. And yeah, you're right. West Clyde's West Clyde, uh, was a very tough horse to outrun early in the meet that year. And I, uh, the face, the face got beat by him, I think probably twice a couple times yeah. that year. And then I think he might've had some physical issues. And so we caught a little bit, probably a break there that that happened. But the face was a good horse. Oh. He was a little bit like Maker's Finale. You get his head in front, he was tough to get by. 
even when they would come to him, he would still kind of kick on down the lane like he did in the mile that year. And and so, uh, yeah, luckily for us, that was four hundred thousand that year. Jeez. I think TVG kicked in a hundred, and yeah, and and it was it was and a you, fantastic and you beat year. Junior Coffee, who just passed away. Few yeah. weeks ago, I'd raised the bluff. Of course, owned, both owned by Ron Crockett, so it didn't matter to him. But that was a. And then you had to survive an inquiry, I believe, too, right? Yeah, bluff came up down the lane. It was muddy that day, and Face kind of had the lead, and and they came to the top of the lane, and and bluff came right up next to them, and they went down the lane all the way, and and the great Face drifted out. I think probably a lane and a half that day. Not a bad one. They never really bumped real hard, but we did float him out a little bit. And yeah, we survived the inquiry. How, how hard is that as a trainer when that number is oh. blinking in such a significant moment like that? Yeah. 220,000 for first prize. I think we had the big screen back then though. So I don't know if you were able to watch what was the replays during the yeah, actual inquiry. We didn't. I, yeah, that's true. We didn't have it. So I, I can't remember if I was watching it on any camera. I'm sure I was down. Close Where did to you the watch the race from originally? Where do you because you snuck in the back part of the paddock I to asked, saddle because I, I was going to do an interview and I couldn't find you and I was kind of waiting for you to come in that way but I missed yeah. you somehow and I didn't get the pre-race interview and I said, damn it you know and then of course your horse won but where'd you watch the race from? It was probably a good thing I didn't do that interview. You probably would have jinxed me, <laughs> yeah, Joe. Uh, no, just kidding. I picked raise the bluff by the way. I. Uh, uh, what was your question again? Oh, where did you watch, watch the model oh, from? You I know? watched it up in the box okay, that the day. Box. Yeah, I watched with when Jerry was alive. I watched so many races from floor level, uh, but uh, I did. Yeah, I, I was sitting in the box right behind my mom and dad, who mm. were were both uh, both there for that race, and that was just a phenomenal weekend. Uh, mm. It was a wet weekend. We had won the Oaks with a horse that shipped in called Rivatella that really liked the mud. We just found out that day, and she. I think she was about eight, ten to one that day. So that was fun. That was for Doctor Todaro, yeah. um, that Richard Matlow had sent up up to us, a broken vow filly. And then so I won the Oaks and the Mile that weekend. So I mean, hundred grander and yeah, four hundred grander doesn't didn't get any better that week. And that was yeah. just phenomenal. And that was you know there was a lot of shipments from California still at those times, and the Mile was was. Was a tough, a tough race to and outrun. Give away four hundred thousand, they'll show up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tricky absolutely. Trevor was in there, and he was seven yeah. for seven on wet tracks coming he, in. He, he was. drew the outside post. Well, Luckily, he was out in the twelve, in the twelve had a hole. Horse named Wanna Runner yep. in there. Yeah, was, yeah. Bob was, was still sending a, a horse up yeah. almost every year during those yep. years, and so you you had to run. So I mean, good to face. Face was a, he was a. He was by Cahill Road out of a Sinistry mare. And Sinistry mare is, of course, Seattle Slough Line. But the face looks Seattle Slough Line. He was a big, good-looking, almost black-looking, big quarter horse with a ton of natural speed. And I I think I've told you this before. I don't think the face, talent-wise, ever gave me 100% in the afternoon. Because I he he had freaky talent that horse and I he was just one of those horses that kind of waited on horses a little bit at times he had the speed to go get the lead but at certain times on a lot of races it seemed like he just you know even at the top of the lane he almost would let horses kind of come to him on a lot of days not every day but a lot of days so I I always thought there was more under the hood than he gave me a lot of days. Yeah. I really did. And he also tied the North American record on dirt on opening night for five and a half furlongs. So 
He could, and then he won the uh, he won the um, Mount Rainier leading up to the mile, Le- too, up going to a mile it. and an eighth. Yeah, I mean, he got a comfortable lead that day in that, and he was the speed horse in that. And he, but he ran great. I remember Victor Cosetti uh, would always call him the sprinter, and uh, so I was always happy that he ended up winning a couple yeah. of the distance races that year. Don't try to correct Vic if no, no, no. I, mind, ne- I never, change him. I never called <laughs> called it on him, but he was a good sprinter. I mean, to his oh, Victor's he was. defense, he was, but, you know, any horse uh, you get to leave them alone on the lead, they can go two miles. Yeah, well, so these trainers they get a little blockheaded sometimes, <laughs> or they get a little uh, blinkers on. Yeah, you know, most of those KOs, they they could get two turns. Yeah, like the face was, but he was a fun horse. I still, yeah. I still take care of him. He's turned out over That's in Silo, uh, Washington, and he's still part. I haven't seen him for a little bit now since uh, COVID. I haven't been over there, but I'm maybe hoping this uh, fall to to get over to the farm in Sela and see how he's doing. They yeah. tell me he's doing great, though. We did a retired racehorse story on him a few yeah. years ago, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later on this podcast, but. Hey, uh, Slew's Tiz Wiz, a three-year-old coming back, and a Godstein winner, two-year-old, Midnight Mojo. Um, uh, hopefully you got a couple of yearlings that you're thinking about for next year. We hope so. The Bob bought three new ones mm. out of Kentucky this year and uh, by some pretty good stallions. Um, one is by a horse called Alternation, which was the same stallion as Diamonds are, and he's... You know, he, he's a horse that, uh, as a stallion, uh, has done okay. He's not, you know, totally in the limelight back there right now. But he bought him for the right price back there. And then he bought a couple of factors, which mm. you're uh, well aware of, uh, yeah. Northwest Storm. And so we felt pretty fortunate getting a couple of, of those because uh, I think for most all of us, everybody likes that stallion. Yeah. And, and, and really good pedigrees this year. So, you know, keep your fingers crossed and... And then I've got some some people locally here doing some breeding still that hopefully we'll find a few two-year-olds to maybe compete again next year. That's great. Uh, Tom's a big part of this track's history, Vince. Yes, sir. I think he's up to 43 stakes wins. He's in the top five in just about every category, wins, earnings, stakes wins, you name it. And always has a balanced barn. It's always fun to chat racing with Tom, too. He's a pretty good student of the game. I'm sure Eddie Martinez will be coming back and, and uh, looking forward to riding Tom Wenzel horses next year. Uh, I'll be looking forward to him coming back as well. That's great. Tom, thanks so much for coming in. Have a great off season and, and uh, you know, best wishes to you and your growing family. And uh, we'll see you at the track soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Appreciate Tom. you having me. Tom Wenzel on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Thanks very much to Tom Wenzel for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. And that's kind of worked out okay, bringing people into the studio, Vince. Um, nice, calm, uh, you know. really has. It's more uh, informal. I think they're yeah. at ease. They're relaxed. Uh, of course, Tom's done with training for the year now, but when we have trainers in, the day is kind of done for them, and they can kind of relax and chat. It's Yeah, it's a good atmosphere. 
Yes, and our next uh, podcast, probably uh, Breeders' Cup week. Look forward to that. Well, we'll have uh, updates on that, but we won't be going weekly through the fall. Thanks to Cy Labar, our producer-editor of Horse Racing Northwest. Cy is probably listening right now. We appreciate all your good work on this. So let's see, where are we at here? We're going to talk about uh, um, some just items, the tidbits that we go through. I'll tell you one thing right now, Vince, and this isn't a real rousing endorsement of my following national racing this year, but I was thinking about the Big Cap, the Gold Cup at Santa Anita, and the Pacific Classic yesterday because uh, we're getting close to the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar, and I couldn't have named the winner of any one of those races. I looked it up, and Idle won the big cap. He hasn't raced since then, but he's going to be in the awesome again Saturday at Santa Anita. Uh, Country Grammar won the Gold Cup at Santa Anita, and Tripoli won the Pacific Classic. He's going to be in the awesome again. So uh, I think the Older horses, at least out west, have taken a back seat to the national three-year-old scene this year. Well, that's true, but I struggle even remembering Breeders' Cup winners <laughs> now and Triple Crown winners or a Triple Crown race winners, etc. So yeah. it's part of getting a little older too. Yeah, a little more stimulation there, packed in the brain. Um, let's see. Uh, how about uh, Frank Lucarelli was the runner-up this year? He has been runner-up. Second leading trainer at Emerald Downs 10 times in track history. Seven titles and 10 runner-up finishes this year to Joe Toy. So that means about, oh, 65% of the time he's either first or second. I would say that's pretty prominent. And no surprise, he's our number one trainer all time. Yeah. Um, You got something? Yep. Uh, Tomorrow is opening day, what used to be called the Oak Tree Meeting at Santa Anita. Mm. And kind of cool, they're going back down the hill again. Finally, after a couple of years not running those downhill sprints. That is great. It is great news. And in the Eddie D tomorrow, $200,000 Eddie D on opening day, that 2019 Long Acres Mile winner, Law Biden Citizen, he is 5-1 to one in that race. And Law Biden Citizen, one of those horses that can go either way, he, of course, won the mile on dirt here. He's 4 for 8 on that hillside turf course lifetime. So oh, yeah. imagine Mark Glatt happy uh, to get law-abiding citizen back on the turf boy that horse is uh fast and tenacious so uh keep an eye on him um collusion illusion is in the santa anita sprint championship this weekend saturday and he of course is owned in part by uh jerry and gail schneider uh rodney Orr, dan agnew so i no, he hasn't had quite as uh, spectacular of season as he did last year but he could be with a big effort, could be looking at that Breeders' Cup sprint, Vince. Sure. Okay. Um, last Saturday, um, Sunshine Beach came back from over a year layoff to win. Yeah. Now, listen, that, that race he won on 2nd of September, the sixth race that day, was a maiden 25,000 claimer. Here's what some of the horses did in their first start after that race. Ms. Lynn won and paid 1140 Uh Frisco Frills didn't win was beaten ahead at 10.80 to 1. Club Royal won and paid $4. Unlimited Data Plan won and paid three twenty. Emerald Sea won and paid $29. Curious Sensation came out of that race and won and paid $19. 
And so we'd been waiting for Sunshine Beach. Finally got on the racetrack. We, you didn't tell me about that. On you the didn't next remind the, me. I have pointed out a couple of times this was you a have. Curie race, and Sunshine Beach came back off over a year layoff and won by five and a half because he she won she won that key race and paid sixteen forty off the bench for uh Alan Bazell. Yeah, fantastic. And you were on her and I could have used that one, Vince, because I picked Prince of Luck was my top pick in the ninth race at nine to two, and Wilson DeLocca was my top pick in the eleventh race at nine to two. Who you and, touted uh, on uh, the show and, last week? Uh, yeah, uh, and Sunshine Beach. I mean, talk about a key race for Emerald Downs history. That has got to be right up there, number one. And uh, she won by five and a half lengths or so. A couple of horses that didn't win out of that race. Uh, Let's declare peace. And Stellazar has also proven to be pretty decent horses too. Well, let's declare peace won at our meeting. She must have won shortly after that because she won. She beat the boys on closing day last year at Emerald Downs. Well, she actually, yeah, because she ran a lot. She, okay. She ran 2nd of September. Then she ran the 24th of September, 15th of October, and then broke her maiden on closing day, the 29th of okay. October. And she's since won in Texas. That is correct. Okay. At Lone Star. Harbor the Gold was our leading stakes sire eight times. In Emerald Downs history, but Street Boss got it this year because he was, as you mentioned, the sire of top executive. Three stakes wins led in, in this year's 21 stakes. Harbor the Gold had two stakes wins as a sire, both by Papa's Golden Boy. Yeah, you mentioned Harbor the Gold, 22 wins. A barrage right there with 21 and Coast Guard mm. right behind with uh, 20. And, of course, Coast Guard had a nice stakes win with uh, Coastal Kid. Really good. And Harbor the Gold is deceased, but he's going to have two-year-olds for the next couple of years. And, of course, Attaboy Roy went to the Midwest. Um, uh, Nationhood passed away. He had a couple of stakes wins this year with Koran. Harbor the Gold's our all-time leading stakes sire with 70 now added money victories at Emerald Downs. Little do second with 27. So that just shows some of the influence in from Harbor the Gold and his run in the Pacific Northwest. Um, let's see what else I got here. Uh, six times the leading meat earner at Emerald Downs has not been horse of the meeting. Why bring that up this year? I don't know, because top executive was both the leading earner and horse of the meeting. But uh, it usually happens when a horse ships in to win the Long Acres Mile and happens to be the leading earner at the meeting because of that rich purse and then not eligible because of only one start for the horse of the meeting votings. And so that didn't really apply too much this year, but I said it anyway. Well, and I, Oh, with, I can follow up. Let me follow up on that. Um, uh, sip and fire demon warlock. You can't take me and no curfew are Washington breads that were voted horse of the meeting in their years. And they were not the leading earner at that particular meeting. So. Got it. Okay. And I misspoke. The race of the meeting, of course, was the Long Acres Mile, won by background. And the runner-up is Wind Ribbon. And Wind Ribbon was the horse pointing for that race at Fresno. Ah. Top executive is turned out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Top executive is, uh, what farm is he at? I just heard that. Um, I can't remember right now. But yeah, he'll make a nice four-year-old here next year. Yes. Top executive, four stakes wins at Emerald Downs. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I think we're just about ready for our trivia question. Are you? 
Yes, sir. I know. What was our one last week? Last week was, um, has the horse of the meeting been a Washington bred more or less than half the years in Emerald Downs history? And the answer was more. I think it was something like 16, wasn't it? Out of uh, uh, count it again, right? Oh, Seven, eight, it was nine, over half. 10, Russ 11, Nakagawa, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, 16. Uh-huh. 16 times the horse of the meeting has been a Washington bred. So that's good work. Russ Nakagawa got the answer. He's got a couple of shirts and a hat coming from me anytime he wants to redeem that. Thanks so much to everybody for playing trivia this year. And we'll have another one right now. Uh, you mentioned uh, Claimer of the Meeting being float on with four wins, and several claimers had four wins. He got the vote. What is the most common number of wins for the meat-leading horse in Emerald Downs history? This year it was four with float on. What's the most common number of wins? So this has happened uh, much more than any other number of the leading horse with wins at Emerald Downs. Send your answers answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com and you'll be eligible for a little bit of swag there from the track trivia at emeralddowns.com you mentioned law abiding citizen in action friday at santa anita uh gold crusher and keller's gold washington breads in action at remington park on friday of course gold crusher Owned by Chad and Josh, trained by Frank Lucarelli. Spot on, I know, is in there as well next week at Remington. She's been off well, coming off a turf win in Texas. So we'll be following the progress of Washington Bread's leading Washington Bread earner. As we hit October, is Harbored Memories, the son of Harbor the Gold, a couple of wins in Southern Cal. Actually, two wins in four seconds from seven starts, $126,700. Huge Bigley is second with 80,000, followed by Cobra Jet, 76,000, Papa's Golden Boy, 75, Blazing Bella Blue, 72, Coastal Kid, 71, Coron, 65, Ms. Lynn, 55,000, Spittin' Image, 45, A View From Above, 44, Sluice Tiz Wiz, 43. Those are all participants at Emerald Downs, from Cobra Jet down to Sluice Tiz Wiz. So, uh, Vince will be getting ready for the Breeders' Cup, and we'll be uh, watching races around the West and around the country as we get closer to that big event. And uh, Vince has a lot of good info at uh, emeralddowns.com as well. I think you're going to update the news and notes by Friday of this week. Correct. Okay. Vince, uh, good season. We tried to bring out some info and, and do some information from our guests i think we did that pretty well and we're not done forever on horse racing northwest but done for a few weeks so uh, that'll do it for right now vince brune joe withy here on horse racing northwest